This is Expedition Company Culture. Hi there and good to have you. My name is Ernst and I believe company culture is the main driver to long-term success. In this podcast, we explore different angles to identify, strengthen and share company culture. I talk to people from different sectors and roles about their vision on company culture and together we land on practical tips and advice to help you get the most out of your company culture. Okay, today I have Renny Brunning in my show. He is the general manager of Zoku in Amsterdam. Uh, Zoku is an um, an hybrid of an hotel, an office, and a home with uh, branches in Amsterdam, Copenhagen, and what's the last one? Yeah, Vienna under construction now. Yeah, so cool. really excited to get those opened. Actually, Amsterdam is open, and then Copenhagen and Vienna, we are uh, now outfitting the rooms and looking to open uh, first quarter of uh, next year now. Those are interesting times, right? With with COVID uh, around us and the things that are happening to to tourism. Mm-hmm. Yes, it definitely. I mean, for us, it's also one of those things where really you're tripling in size from one to three during one of the worst crises <laughs> to ever hit our industry. Uh, but then again, it's uh, a typical Zoku to uh, to try to find our own niche, and uh, yeah. that's what we're doing. Can you tell me a bit, little bit more about how why you chose to make kind of a hybrid and instead of just focusing on the core, giving people a place to sleep? Now, we've chosen not to make the bed the central point. Actually, the bed is kind of like tucked away. And that allows the room then to have a table um, um, in a way like we're using now, right? So yeah. um, to be the central point, which is uh, great for, for food and beverage interactions, but also for working. And all of a sudden it allows me then to rent out that room. And and obviously we did that uh, oh, in our planning almost 10 years ago when we designed it. I never imagined COVID being the ultimate responsible for making it a success as it's been the last couple <laughs> of months. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely that was been, uh, it's the main key thing for us. So it's, it's a hybrid of both. Um, mm-hmm. and ultimately also the brand is built on bringing people and ideas together. And that is the core of what it is. So you need to equip your space to allow that to happen for yeah. people to collab, sit together, interact mm-hmm. and find like-minded. So we target a long stay, but you need to give people, I think also space to not be in your room. And yeah. as much as ours equipped perfectly to do that, um, you need that space too. So we, yeah. we really went for uh, for a combination of both. So when your hotel guests and, and in our case residents, as we call them, um, are out, you have that empty lobby again. So by making a more office equipped, making an office space, you then have your your co working community come in. There's still that hustle and bustle. Um, you have some residents sticking around. When the day is over, your residents return. You still have this co working group here, and they kind of interact, mingle, and yeah. Kind of make for this beautiful cool things happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. And um does it make it harder or different for you to 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 hire your 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 staff or keep them in? Because I can imagine this is a mm-hmm. totally different way of working where you norm- normally during the day don't have that much to do because there's no guests. Yeah, it's now you're just true, true. running all day long. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's really one of those things where at this point the the position that we have are are merged into one. We we call them sidekicks. And, and basically our psychics are a combination of your traditional receptionist, uh, bartender and restaurant server and host in one. Yeah. So it's, it's a really broad role, but at the same time, it's about taking care of the guests. So if you have a, a good knack of taking care of you know, people, liking to take care of people and having yeah. a story to tell, that's for us priority. So we really, really had to focus on hiring for like attitude. Yeah. We'll train you for the skill. Like we'll make sure that we'll teach you how to make the best coffee, but the willingness to take care of people is, is you have it or you don't. It's, it's, it needs to be in your DNA. So yeah. we, we do find a specific group that'd be a better match. It's also hard because at the same time, because you have people constantly everywhere and your staff needs to be able to, to do everything, the difference between your guests and your staff is fading because there's no hiding. Correct. You, you need to bring your own to your work, right? Totally. And I, it, it was actually the biggest thing for me also to adjust. I mean, having my roots more in like the luxury hotels, there's always that 
distance. And sometimes the distance can be, I guess, a suit that you're wearing, or it could be the reception desk that's closed off because, you know, let's not have interactions. Um, <laughs> and, and here it's completely designed the other way around. And and yes, indeed, I think the line is, is getting vaguer. Yeah, our team on the floor makes that happen. It has nothing to do with design or building or anything else. It's just a, yeah, a little bit of the culture and the vibe that we have on, on in this case, the sixth floor is, is, is exactly that. Yeah. Where you also focus, this is the, this is where the interaction and you basically just create an environment where this can happen and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And um, how do you go about um, fostering this culture? Because th especially since you're tripling in, in, in size now, okay, how do you make sure that your success formula, that you, for, you, you know we need to be personal, as personal as we can, mm -hmm. how will you make sure that in the other branches you will achieve that same level? Quite frankly, the only thing that keeps me up uh, <laughs> at night is like, how do you transfer culture? How do you copy that? And, mm -hmm. and the vibe that we have in Amsterdam, is that just possible here? Or how do we make that happen? Because, yep. I mean, copying a building, in essence, is the simple part. Sure, it's a big process, and, and I, I probably discredit a lot of the design team and people <laughs> here, but that's a tangible thing, and, and I think culture isn't. So there's two really important things for us, is, is we take the onboarding very serious. So I just actually... Um, wrapped up uh, training weeks with the GMs that are opening up as the general managers for us in, in, in Vienna and Copenhagen to just work with us for a couple of weeks. And not directly with me because I'm not going to tell them how to run a hotel, but work as a sidekick. Understand a little bit of the culture. See in front of you what, what this does because I cannot explain that in a book. You have to experience it understand what we're doing. And then the second part is how can we transplant a little bit of that culture? So we are already willingly looking at the team. Um, even though we have a really flat structure, um, there's a real pressure on on the middle layer, which is the layer right under the general manager, which are our duty managers. They are the ones enforcing and 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 holding that culture. So we're already trying to identify two or three that will go and help and open those uh, those yeah. properties up because that they need to be a little bit of an anchor. And and funny enough, we use a lot of the eighty twenty principle where we think eighty percent you can you can prep the twenty percent we leave it wide open for the local community and vibe to 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 make it theirs because otherwise it you just creating something that's that doesn't necessarily click and i think the locality has to has yeah. to figure that out so there's like three really important parts is that you need to enforce that culture you need to have people who are formally and maybe also informally responsible for that culture if you're translated to the corporate world right for sure um you need to be you need to be aware of okay what's the essence yep. and you need to give freedom to uh keep it locally relevant as well where the, the people in vienna don't act like that, that that they're Amsterdam because there's a different vibe between cities as there is be between different people. But at the same time, we want to keep um, yeah, local spices, right? 100% and, and, and make it interesting for them. Uh, I, I think um, if we look at cities and, and how we've now identified Copenhagen seems very similar to Amsterdam. It has that similar vibe and and, and we foresee that working quite easily also for our, our co-working community and, and that vibe. But the culture in Vienna is completely different. Yes, it has a pretty big tech community, so it's it's well ahead. But there are we much more a, a pioneer in the industry, whereas in Copenhagen, there's already a couple players that, that are similar to us, a bit more innovative and co-working and less formal uh, in that sense. So yeah. it really is, is trying to let the, let the local GM create it, let yeah. their community inside that culture create its own spot. If you try to script it, it won't work. And how do you set the boundaries? You can change everything you want. You can add local flavor as much as you want, but you cannot change this because this is Zoku. This is who yep. we are as a company. This is us at scale, right? The biggest thing we did when we designed the brand and where we started is that we reversed the experience. So we basically said and didn't define endless list of checklists of what this is how it needs to look, this color, this thing, this thing, whatever, but more about what is this touch point and mm -hmm. what are we trying to achieve? 
And that in the end is the same. It's just, yeah. it's, it's in a way, the way the culture that we train our, 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 our team as well. I mean, the Zokus don't get a list and a perfect order and this is how it needs to be done. So whenever my quality assessor comes, I get all tech boxes and look <laughs> what an amazing experience, but I don't remember that person's name. And for us, it's more about, okay, this is your arrival experience. This is what we want to achieve, but make it your own. And if you want to start explaining what an amazing view we have, that's great. Or if you're somebody that just makes someone comfortable, gets them started with a cappuccino, and then oh, later on good. starts the conversation. Yeah. So we, we give a framework of what needs to be done, but within it, make it your own. There's, there's no perfect like exact Zoku scenario. And I think yeah. that's how we've designed the entire experience is in touch points. So there's no universal Zoku experience. There is like touch points that, that are the same everywhere and how we want to uh, give them meaning. Basically, you give them the assignment, be meaningful to the people that enter our building. And exactly, exactly. It's, it's really that just the framework, the core we want to achieve is there. Obviously, mm -hmm. we give them the tools, but it's more the basics of what we expect to be done and the rest, make your own experience, make your own uh, feeling yeah. about it. And, and I think that's what, what really sets us apart as well. Yeah. So you're expecting quite a lot from your from your staff, as you mentioned earlier. Is they need to be versatile in roles too that they can take, but also you're asking a lot from them on 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 the level of initiative and owning their own experience and owning the experience of their guests. True. What will help you deliver consistently on that? Because that might be your secret sauce, I would say. For freedom to work, you need to give them a lot of um, empowerment and not the usual, but really trying to place accountability as low into the organization as possible. And I think that is the only way a flat organization can keep AIDS, its informal and happy culture, by allowing them to make those decisions on the spot, on the floor, and freedom within it. And not be like, oh, can I do this? Can I do this? Now you're yeah. allowed to create the experience and how you need to make it happen. That's up to you. But that accountability part is, is is hard because it also for some people may feel as pressure. And that's why it's 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 finding yeah. the right balance between uh, what is accountability and what is freedom in the, in the framework. And I think ultimately that's the, the balance. What I hear often from my clients is that they distinguish between their own people and the people they're catering for their clients. And how do you go about that? Are you also recruiting your guests? Are you saying this is the kind of guest that I want? Uh, obviously, anybody can can rent a room in your hotel because you're still in it to make money. But how do you cater to the right people that fit the culture that you're already fostering with your staff? I think we're also finding now a little bit that that is a broader definition than we thought as well. Yeah. Um, maybe the, the COVID scenario also makes basically any guest all of a sudden an, a, a feasible opportunity because Amsterdam was an overheated market and clearly our, our ability to target long stay and short stay meant that then regular, let's call it tourism traveler wouldn't be as dominant in this building. And all of a sudden that, that dominance came pretty high in the last couple of months, especially in the summer because business wasn't there. And yeah. we found that we are able to also connect to that group quite easily. And it comes back down to the culture of our team. Because the Zokos on the floor have a story to tell and they all connect to different types of people. They all have their own interests, et cetera. So they will eventually connect. And that is, I think, for a lot of people getting used to because it's, it's a different vibe. It's We go into more personal approach and it's very easygoing. It's not your traditional hotel. There's no lobby. And it was funny to see how the, the tourism in the beginning had to get used to it. Yeah. And very quickly, so did we. So we just adapted a little bit our interactions to be more informative and that check-in chat that we have to do all of a sudden just became a value add. We didn't see that as a problem. It just was a guarantee I could speak to everybody. It, it's a dynamic and it just happens. Again, it's one of those things, don't script it. People know it's about taking care of your resident and your guest. That's what it takes and figure it out. Every conversation goes different. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting one because what you see happening a lot is that people um, say, okay, if you're going to build a strong company culture, are you being exclusive? Are you going to create an, an environment of people who are who all look the same, think the same, and act the same? Whereas I feel some elements in your story where you, where you say, with my culture, I can become more diverse because I give more room. Funny enough, in a little bit from a financial standpoint, you'd say you have to be now inclusive because why would exclude anybody? Because we're now for all fighting for business. So yeah. now all of a sudden the, the, the rationale is there. But prior, we we in a way had that. And and, and it's it's allowing not to be too scripted, but at the same time, inclusive is should almost be kind of a guideline as to what you do. And it goes really far, right? It goes to like, if you want to be an organization that's, uh, let's say, cashless, you exclude certain countries and travelers for which that is not a thing they're comfortable with. Uh, and it goes also with with communication in general. If you only make your hotel cater to a short stay guest, you exclude your regular uh, long stay tourism. Uh, and and I think the, the the chemistry is is bringing people and ideas together. So it doesn't matter for how long you're here, just contribute to that. And accounts for our staff the same way. I think uh, in a way, how can you be inclusive? Is by accepting that right now in Amsterdam, a person that comes to work in a hotel isn't going to work there for 20 years. Those days are over. Yeah. I think in Amsterdam, I think in general, that's never really been the case only in certain key areas still. But if they're only here for nine months to contribute, that's fine. That yeah. will be the constant. If you can join your journey for nine months, contribute, connect to those guests, and then go on into the world, that's totally fine. And I think that's that freedom we've always had, and it just now became quite easy for us to adjust because we do this all the time. So you And, and that's why you where the strict onboarding and all the other elements all come into place because you also embrace the fact that some people will stay longer some will stay shorter yes so you need to get them up to speed as soon as you can and well what you said teach them skills that they need but hire for personality hire for uh, would you say hire for culture fit or are, are you looking for something broader than just are you zoku i think it's fair to say culture fit because we do see a certain pattern where the the team that perform well not mm -hmm. so much to stay longer, but really to perform well and connect well to the culture, have a story to tell. They have traveled. They're either locals that spent uh, some time abroad or they're expat themselves. So obviously uh, that, that links quite well with your clientele because they're the same group. Um, so there's a certain particular item in that. So I think a culture fit is probably the right way. So you almost recruit for it without having it scripted because I think it also naturally exists. And that's again with this accountability low on the floor. Because yeah. the team sits in on interviews. They interview their own peers. They they bring people on board. So they already almost feel committed to make that person succeed. It's like, hey, I, I gave Johnny a chance. I, I want yeah. him to, to, to do yeah. well. And I think that is not a matter of having a scripted HR recruitment and then only fitting in a certain checklist to be the right fit. You don't have to tick the box. Okay, we've got five five yeses, so we're going to hire this person. It's more, it's, it's what's the story that you're going to tell about that person or what story does that person bring? True, and, and the dynamics of your team, because my team this month may be, I don't know, uh, the majority a bit more high energy, and four months down the road, I may have uh, some of those high energy people leave and have a bit more of an analytical, easygoing team. So then also in the fit for the same role could be a completely different need. And and I think that's where the team can kind of, in a way, correct your own uh, system a bit uh, and by making them part of it. And I think that's ultimately success. I, I'm usually just the last one in the line to have a chat with somebody. He's like, hey, do you understand what you're about to get into? <laughs> you're, doing, it, you're doing the sanity yeah, exactly. check, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. No, it's just more just to, to be final on it. And, and then still, it's, it's just about, uh, you see a certain, I think, cultural fit to it. And that's not, but it's super broad. I, if I were to draw it up for you, I, I wouldn't be able to put it on a one page for you. That is basically an intention. You 
higher and you work for intention. Correct, exactly. And that might be interesting for culture. It's like culture isn't just about getting a statement on the wall or these are our five values. It's more about this is the intention of with which we are doing things, right? So you're mm -hmm. embracing the behavioral side of culture instead of the rules side of it. 100%. And I think the behavior now in these times, more than ever, they get tested. So they, they, indeed, like everybody, we also have our core values. Um, but one of them also is always beta, which we're never a finished product and we're never done learning. And I think that is also in your recruitment process and in your onboarding, the exact same thing. The team develops over, over the years. If I evaluate the last, let's say, 24 months, you've seen kind of curves in that. And I think that's fine. That's, it perfectly matches what's happening in, in the world and it, it keeps you fresh. That's a good one that you're mentioning, like the culture gets tested through rough times, right? And oh, I think totally. people in hotel business have got the roughest of all, right? I think only bars will have it rougher, but how do you go about, okay, these are the things that we are that are important to us, but at the same time, we want to survive until tomorrow. How do you balance, uh, or is there no balance to be need to be done? I don't know. How do you experience that? Yeah, I mean, naturally for us, and obviously when, when the government really started enforcing the regulations, uh, I'd say mid-March mid roughly, literally on a Friday, right? They, they tell you on, on 5 p.m., like, hey, at 6, your restaurant needs to be closed and good luck. And, and that really was quite a shock. Um, and of course, a culture in, in a more family-type organization, I guess you could describe us better, um, that hits hard, but it's, it's right away a common interest. No one's like, oh, well, at least I can keep my job. And the discussion is right away, okay, how are we going to figure this out? Yeah. And, and very quickly, it's you kind of evaluate that first weekend, what's going on? Um, the advantage of having short and long-stay guests means the effect and impact took a little longer. That gave us right away some additional time, and, and we realized that we needed that time. Uh, and, and on the Friday, got the announcement, and on Monday morning, we we starting our task force. Like, all right, guys, all the touch points we have built our brand experience on are going to be under pressure. Long tables, shared dining, buffets, setups, handshakes, hugs, the whole thing is gone. So let's redraw it. And and then also we had a whole team of, of 10, 20 people mm -hmm. let's set ourselves apart, yeah. lock ourselves up in, in a large meeting room in this case, and, and back to post-its on the wall and figuring out, okay, how can we work with it? And we've always had this kind of, what can we do attitude? So very quickly people bought in. But yes, you're obviously under pressure in, in, in a little bit of financial continuity, which is priority number one, but it's never been a discussion. So at that point, you, you work as a team to figure it out. And, and obviously, you make hard decisions. And yeah. We're also a group that likes to, to get the team together every month. And we had to do that differently. So we had to be creative and, and, and invest a little bit better in it. And, yeah. and at the same time, work as a team. And if, if you were to ask your staff, would you feel that they are now working at a different company? Or have things changed a lot? How, it's really hard to ask the general manager because... Uh, <laughs> I, I hope the answer is that we haven't changed, but yeah. I think the reality is everything changed. So so did we. And and then again, our ability to 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 move with that worked. The the, the flat organization we have, we we very quickly in the first all employee Zoom call, <laughs> uh, basically said, look, let's be transparent. We'll tell you exactly how it's about, um, so that there's no uncertainty about things. And we were very open about it. Um, so definitely has changed. We've changed our entire experience. But if you walk around, you actually hear comments from a lot of our returning guests stating, kind of felt you guys 
kept your cool. Like we, yes, there's lines everywhere and we're wearing uh, uh, masks at this point and there's disinfectant everywhere and there's lines and signatures and 1.5 meters, but we were able to stay in this can-do attitude. And obviously we changed the buffets for kind of funky lunchbox style setups and we had to be a little bit creative, but the team embraced it. it basically yeah. 90% of the changes came from the team. So they also owned it. And I think recently our, our staff survey was also sent out and I was slightly concerned. Yeah but it actually was better than we've had it before. So in a way it improved even our own. Yeah, because you, you really, really need to step up as a, as a team, I can imagine. Basically you created a joint problem instead of, okay, we have a problem. So we, now we're gonna make things ugly. Yeah, so I think there's a traditional thing still, and maybe that's a, that's a corporate mindset, is that every layer has to have a certain level of authority. Mm -hmm. And also with that comes a certain amount of information. But I think that the lower you can share that information, the broader your your understanding will be. Yeah. And, and that's what we did. We just literally went straight back to the guys on the floor and said, okay, we need to change. How do you want to work, make work, make this happen? Like, what do you need for me yeah. for you to do what you're best at? And is that part of being an informal culture of, or would you say from your perspective is every strong culture should do this? Because that way people can buy into the culture. So there's it, it's, it's Ooh, because, that's a fair point. Yeah, because you're you're saying so many things that are really related to how I got to know Zoku as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's the latter. I think to get the buy-in, um, well, to get the right buy-in, I guess you have to be approachable in such a way that you're also not that you're allowed to be vulnerable in that. And and literally for my my daily job, that means I sit upstairs there in in literally in our living room and lobby. And I don't know many GMs in the world <laughs> that have no choice but sit there. That there's yeah. an office you can hide, and you're always kind of that backup plan if something comes out. Here, there's no chance. But it also means in this culture, I sometimes have my own Zoku staff come up to me with a repeat guest say, "Look, we've come up with this great idea. What do you think?" So all corporate rules are out of the window, right? Because yeah. I have my, and my client and my own staff basically confronting me on the spot. And I think that's that's really, if you embrace this always bata, if you embrace the, the, the people and ideas, this is where good things come from. It just means, yeah, that changes your day a little bit sometimes. Uh, but that creates buy-in. And it creates buy-in from your, your end user. They come with free feedback. I mean, there's companies that pay millions to get service teams together to get the feedback. And, and I just get it handed to me every day. Um, it's just a way of working, I think you need to get used to. But that creates that buy-in. Yeah. It, it, if it goes that far, then, you, then you're very, very successful. But that's not something you script. I mean, you don't hire somebody for, oh, well, that's going to be the per person that's going to talk to a guest and then come up to me with feedback. I yeah. That's impossible. But that means you've created the circumstances for them to feel comfortable enough to do that. You need to have a certain level of vulnerability. Make a culture the main point of how you want to operate without also being vulnerable to get called out on, on your culture. 100%. So if you at some point decide, okay, we need to let go of half of staff and I'm going to send an email to the ones that need to pack their stuff and go, you would get called out by the rest of the staff saying, hey, this is not how we're going to do this around here instead of you saying, okay, this needs to be done. What I see happening a lot is like with when culture, that culture, culture gets thrown aboard when things get rough True. because it's so much easier to just say, well, the numbers say five people need to go. So I'm just picking those five. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I hear you saying, okay, it's a joint problem. So if, if the success is built by all of us, then we need to deal with failure and we need to deal with the harder times as well as a group. Yeah, it, it, literally we went to present to the team, the entire team of the full company with our full uh, ownership there and said, look, these are the three doom scenarios being possible. We ended up below the worst out of those three. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, indicated so these are consequences that could come along the way. But at the same time, okay, these are things that 
you can do to make a difference. So right away, give them the tools, right away, tell them what it is. Yeah. So when you get to that point, and, and obviously for us, our team is not the same size as it is now as it before the crisis. I mean, that's mm -hmm. obvious. But many is also natural attrition. So all of a sudden there were some like, well, maybe now it does make sense to start this study and, and, and leave my job because at this point, actually that means I give hours back to my colleagues that yeah. are on flex contracts. I'm not dedicated at this point to do that. Sure, there's 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 some tough conversations because it's not nice to see family members leave and that's for us everyone who walked out hurts yeah so that's why how you how you can keep going and people still believe in your culture and believe in what you stand for as a company absolutely and if i look at the the, the open response boxes in our survey 90 percent mm -hmm. is actually referring like we should look at a bit more of the personnel cost and i'm like that is unthinkable and yeah that's your own people we do that. but it also yeah. means like i think that's another thing how do you create an environment where people feel safe true safe enough to say things that might even hurt them personally what i see in my practice it's a huge chance for your culture oh, because absolutely. how you this it's it's a true test as, as we said earlier and it will help you a lot uh, when things will get better because oh 100 uh, and then people will remember wh how you treated them back then i think when the dust settles what's left is the actual core of your culture and i think now for us we actually use that culture to target the issues that we have what i'm hearing is we're having conversations with the team the team is involved they're engaged they know what's going on yeah. and and the mass majority of hotels don't their teams are really just at home either uncomfortable waiting what's going to happen yeah if the access is going to fall them then exactly yeah and and i think we've we've really just taken some of these things to heart and we have another value which we call is is is, is we care and we do and that doesn't mean i'm not also not extending contracts it just means i care enough that i help people enough ahead of time that i give them time to prep that i give them time yeah. to think about it that i give people support where i need it and cool um i think what you're saying is really really valuable especially for our corporate listeners is why you need to stick to your culture and know what the essence is and i've mentioned it in in, in episodes before the ping pong table is not your culture it's <laughs> define the essence and stick to it even when it's hard and yep. you can translate it just like you said we care is something that you can do in the good times where you give lots of opportunity to everyone but it's the same thing when things are getting rough is that you care about the people that you're letting go so you can be uh, it's just a different side of the, of the same medal. 100%. I think. Yeah. I think that's a good end of this episode. Thank you so much, Rainier. Well, thanks for having um, me. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, got some insights from it. If you have any questions or remarks, whatever, feel free to reach out. Always happy to take more, more things on this and see you next episode. <laughs>